0: Welcome back to Bilingualism, Friend or Foe? In this episode, I will be talking about the second myth surrounding bilingualism, which is that learning two languages causes a cognitive delay. The belief, I think, stems around the idea that learning two languages overwhelms the brain, which could possibly result in cognitive deficits. As mentioned in the previous episode and in the ones to come, a lot of the reasoning behind these myths are similar to one another. Basically, I think... The belief is that learning another language interferes with other aspects of development or that it can compromise certain areas of functioning. To be honest, this research was hard for me to go through. I have done my best to try and interpret it and make sense of it, but I'm still learning and also trying to understand. First of all, the topic of cognition is a big one. There is so much that can encompass it and it usually is difficult to only study one specific area. While I'm going to be sharing some of the research that I came across, there is a lot more out there than from what I found. That's not to say, though, that all the research has been done on this topic and everything is figured out. On the contrary, there is still a lot to be learned and researched about bilingualism and cognition, but I will try my best to explain some of the findings that I found relevant to this discussion. Quickly, I just want to touch on why this myth is problematic. If a child or individual is believed to be at a lower cognitive level than they actually are, they could be placed in special programs. This would mean that they are not being taught at the appropriate level needed or are not being stimulated in the way that they need to. Also, a child who's misdiagnosed could be taking away some of the resources, not intentionally, of course, from others who really do need them. Lastly, labels have the potential to stick with individuals for a long time. Unfortunately, there are stereotypes that come along with certain labels, and people are treated differently because of them. If a person is misdiagnosed and later finds out they do not actually have a condition or disorder, that label could still follow them. So, it is important to be careful when diagnosing and to not assume certain things based on characteristics that a person has. Okay, so research suggests that the two languages in a bilingual individual are always active. The idea here is that bilinguals cannot just turn off one of their languages when they want to. So there's a study conducted to try and see if they could show this by looking at different areas of the brain. Bilingual participants who spoke both English and Dutch were asked to read words from their non-dominant language. Some of the words that they were asked to read were labeled as interlingual homographs, meaning that they were spelled identically in both languages but had different pronunciations and meanings. So, for example, the English word kind, spelled K-I-N-D, is a Dutch word that means child, and they are spelled the same way. Obviously, however, they have different meanings and are pronounced differently. Then there was a control group that read words that did not have an overlap between the two languages, so they were not spelled the same way. The participants were then asked to press a button, either yes or no, to indicate whether the word was an English word or not. Brain activation was monitored through functional magnetic resonance imaging, also known as fMRI, which looks at blood flow in the brain to detect activity. The notion here is that when reading words that could trigger either language, there might be more activity in the brain because both languages are active. What they found in the study generally was that the left prefrontal cortex was activated as well as the pre-supplementary motor area and the anterior cingulate cortex those reading the interlingual homographs okay so that's a lot of terms there the prefrontal cortex is the area of the brain which is in charge of executive functions which i will touch on later and is one of the last areas of the brain to fully develop the other two areas that i mentioned the pre-supplementary motor area and the anterior cingulate cortex are thought to be involved in some way or another with language functioning and were areas of activity that were noted in those reading the interlingual homographs than those in the control group. These were just some of the areas that they found to be activated when differentiating between the interlingual homographs. The authors discussed that when those areas were activated, it perhaps demonstrated that the brain was working to suppress the other language while using or thinking in the other one. This study goes into a lot more depth, and honestly in levels that I don't even understand, But the point that I'm trying to convey is that it's possible that in a bilingual individual, both of the languages are constantly active in the brain, and that a person, probably both consciously and subconsciously, has to work to suppress one language when using the other. Okay, so now that I have established that it's possible that the two languages are always activated in a bilingual individual, I'm going to talk about executive functions in the brain. These are a set of cognitive functions that are important in abilities such as attention, working memory, self-monitoring, organizing, planning, just to name a few. It's thought that since both languages are active in a bilingual person, that some executive functions may actually be enhanced. To be able to switch between the two languages, individuals must be able to switch between mental sets, otherwise known as task switching. This is basically being able to switch from one task to another. A study done in 2010 looked at bilingual and monolingual's ability to task switch. The participants were shown a fixation cross on a blank screen for a few milliseconds. Then a task cue, which was either a shape or a color gradient, appeared in the center of the screen right above where the first fixation cross had originally appeared. A target would show up, which was either a red or green, circle or triangle. The participants then had to press a certain key, depending on what they saw. So if they saw either red or if they saw a circle, they would press their index finger. And if if they saw green or triangle, they would press their middle finger. The results show that the bilingual individuals were quicker to switch between the tasks and identify the targets, indicating greater mental flexibility. This could be because the bilinguals have had exposure to and practice with switching between two things as they do that with their two languages. Because it is thought that bilingual individuals may demonstrate greater mental flexibility, it is also thought that they have greater inhibition. In this sense, this means being able to suppress the other language and focus their attention on relevant things. They are able to block out the non-target language, and their attention for the language that they currently use is potentially higher. So, I have already mentioned some of the executive functions and what they are, and researchers have been curious to see how bilinguals perform compared to monolinguals. Many of the tasks in executive functions relate to attention and executive control. In this particular study, researchers were looking at executive control in kindergartners. Participants were monolingual English speakers, bilingual English and Spanish speakers, and another group that was in a language immersion school. All of these children were administered executive control tests. The bilingual children performed higher than the other two groups in subtests of memory and inhibition of attention. However, the bilinguals did not always outperform the other two groups. In a task of delayed gratification, there were no differences noted. So, this potentially suggests that there could be some executive control advantages in bilingual individuals, depending on the task. Lastly, I'm just going to touch on that while researchers are interested in how bilingualism impacts the developing brain cognitively, there is also some research being conducted on how bilingualism impacts cognitive decline. There is a special interest in bilingualism and dementia, with a few studies suggesting that bilingualism may prolong cognitive delay. Some researchers decided to take a look at hospital records from bilingual and monolingual older adults. They found that the onset of dementia symptoms seemed to have appeared around four years later in bilingual individuals compared to monolinguals. Other researchers have found a similar trend in that knowing two languages could be a factor in the delay of cognitive resources. Again, this is also an area that needs for further research, but I thought it was interesting to note some of the studies that have looked at bilingualism and cognitive delay in older adults. So, I have gone over a lot in this episode um, and covering research that was pretty dense, which I tried to make sense of and I hope that it wasn't too confusing to follow. Like I said, cognition is very complex and there are many different aspects to it, but some of the research that I presented does not necessarily show that bilinguals are at a cognitive disadvantage or that they present with cognitive delays. In fact, there may be instances where bilinguals have a cognitive advantage. Because it is thought that bilinguals have continual practice in some of these cognitive skills, they may have a greater mental flexibility and ability to block out irrelevant information. Further research needs to be done and I'm sure it is being done on cognition and bilingualism and the mechanisms behind some of these findings. In the coming episodes, I will switch gears a bit and look at language development and how bilingualism is thought to have an impact there. So I hope you will join me for these coming discussions. Thanks.